Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. If you are joining us online, welcome. We're so glad you're here. If you haven't already, maybe uh, say hi in the chat. Feel free to ask questions or comments all throughout our service. Scott and Nikki are here uh, hosting, and we're so thankful for that. It's really a cool thing to continue to recognize that we're both a church in person and online at the same time. And so uh, we're, we're, we're thankful for that. Well, we just finished a series on the Summer Psalms, which was wonderful. I loved it. And I've heard so much from so many people about how meaningful that was. And I'm so thankful that the Lord was speaking to us through the Psalms. Today, we're going to start a brand new series called The Free Methodist Way. You can see it right there. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this. And so, uh, if, you, if you know, you probably already know, but if, you, if you're newer to Crossview, um, it's important to know that we are part of a larger denominational family called the Free Methodists. And so for the next five weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to look a bit more closely at the kingdom heart of who we are as a denominational family. And so there are five values that we're going to talk through uh, for the next few weeks. And as Pastor Holly and I were discussing this series, we thought that it was important right from the beginning to reinforce our particular direction here at Crossview. That is that we're committed to our discipleship pathway and those pathway steps and all of the things that come along with those pathway steps. And we wanted to say that because we want to avoid confusion. We're going to be using some of the same language when we talk about the free Methodist way as we do in our, in our discipleship pathway. Uh, so just, we want you to know that from the beginning, that we're, we're committed to our direction that the Lord has called us, but we're part of a larger family as well. We want you to know that what we do as a local church is in alignment with and shares the heart of what we're going to go over these next few weeks with the Free Methodist Way. We have really good denominational leadership. And I'm so thankful that they have articulated in a fresh way who we are as a larger church family and that we're committed to Jesus and his kingdom. So I'm so, so thankful for, uh, for our denominational leadership. Again, uh, just as a reminder, the language that you're going to be hearing is similar uh, when we talk about uh, the discipleship pathway and the free Methodist way. So try not to get confused. We just were hoping to frame this discussion well from the very beginning. Uh, please hear that these next few weeks uh, are a, a spiritual foundation that helps guide us in general and our free Methodist family over the U.S. and all over the world. So, As we begin to look at our free Methodist way, there are five values that shape who we are, and we're looking at the first one of those today called life-giving holiness. We're going to talk about uh, all five within the next five weeks. Kevin Austin is going to be here in week three. We're we're going to be uh, doing Freedom Sunday as part of this free Methodist way uh, series, so excited about that. As we dive into this, I know there's kind of like maybe a lot of information here just as we get going, but as more technology information, but as we get going, uh, as we look at through these these things, I really suggest, strongly suggest that you make a regular practice of going to our website and looking at the devotionals, the weekly devotionals that we uh, post and our suggested resources. Because there's a lot of material on these five values of who we are, and we're going to be posting those 
uh, and putting those on our website. So there's a lot of different ways to dive into all of these things and look, through, look at them throughout the, the week. So you can go to our website, but I also want to suggest that you go to our denominational website, FMC, that's Free Methodist Church, USA.org, or Light and Life Magazine, which is our denominational magazine. All of those places are going to have a lot of this information and uh, a lot of uh, great ways uh, to dive in. In fact, a lot of what I'm going to say here uh, for these next few weeks comes from some of the materials and work that has already been done by our denominational leadership. So let's kick things off with life-giving holiness. In a well-written article on life-giving holiness, one of our bishops, Bishop Linda Adams, tells this really funny story of a, about a spunky six-year-old girl who made a beeline for the kitchen after communion one Sunday. And as the leftover cup, communion cups were being emptied, she asked if she could drink all the extra juice. <laughs> have you ever done that as a kid? I know my kids have even as early as a couple weeks ago. <laughs> So this six-year-old girl was given the go-ahead, and her response was hilarious. She said, thank you, I need all the holiness I can get. (laughs) Isn't that great? Uh, From the beginning of our movement, as as Methodists and as free Methodists, one of the key features of who we are has been a commitment to live a life of holiness. And I'm not sure how you feel about that word or idea, I think the idea of holiness for many of us might need some reframing and some renewal in our understanding. There's a lot of reasons for that. I encourage you to go read the article that Bishop Linda wrote. She kind of talks a little bit about how holiness for historically for the free Methodists kind of slid into legalism in a lot of really uh, unfortunate ways. But but I, I'm so thankful for the heart of emphasizing that the the idea of holiness that we want to live into is life-giving. It's life-giving holiness. The basic definition of holiness is the idea of being set apart, right? Set apart. So biblically, one of the chief attributes of God in the whole of scripture is God's holiness, his otherness, Words for holiness, this is a fascinating statistic, but words for holiness in the Old Testament and New Testament combined, there's more, they happen more than 900 times in the Bible when it's talking about this idea of holiness. That's a lot. That's probably something we should pay attention to, right? The primary word for holiness in the Old Testament, it means essentially to separate or to be set apart from something else. And this is often attributed to God as one of his primary characteristics. Fundamentally, holiness is a cutting off or set for us. Holiness is a cutting off or a separation from what's considered unclean. That's the word that scripture uses often or not of God to a focus on and becoming what is clean or adopting the attributes of God, which then set us apart, right? So God is holy in that he is utterly distinct, set apart from his creation and exercises his sovereignty, his majesty, his power, and his grace. We talked about the idea a couple weeks ago of this, one of the understandings of the word of worship is proskuneo, the falling down part of worship. And part of that is that when God shows up, because he is so holy and we are not, 
we get down on our face as fast as we possibly can. That's one of the, that's maybe a, a, a cool picture to understand God's otherness. God is holy, utterly distinct. His character is flawless. His love is perfect and his grace abounds. Can I get an amen? (laughs) He is holy. The holiness of God is especially prominent in places like the Psalms, which we just looked at. We were reminded over and over again kind of this overwhelming aspect of God's grace and mercy, his abundance and his holiness. And uh, we see it a lot in the prophets as well in the Old Testament. Jesus talks about it quite a bit in the New Testament. These words for holiness are used so much in connection with God that the words themselves become used as a synonym for God or for his name, right? So scripture talks about God giving him titles like holy or the holy one or the holy one of Israel, right? It's such an important part of who God is that they just call him by name, holy. I love it. It's amazing. So the idea of holiness, simply put, is that we, as we follow God, that we are to be set apart from others and our culture in that we take on the character and attributes given to us by faith in God, (laughs) right? So to reflect the true character, nature, and love of God should be the chief desire of our living. And it's hard to do that sometimes. This, as I was looking through this and studying this, I was just reminded of the kind of pursuit that I want my life to have. I want to know God, but I don't want to just know of God. (laughs) I don't want to just know about God. I want to know God. And I want to shape my heart, my life, the way I think, and the way I interact with other people in this way that sets me apart and that I'm reflecting God's character and nature. How about you? So as we begin to understand holiness in this way, it's such a positive and desirable thing, right? What we're saying is that we want to know God so well that we begin to think and act like him. That's what we're saying. You know, sometimes the, the, you know the joke where sometimes uh, people say if you've been married to someone long enough, you begin to look like your spouse, <laughs> right? Or maybe your dog. <laughs> people kind of look like their dogs. That's what we're going here. What's what we're going for here, right? We want to we be so reflective of who God is. We want to be looking like him. Holiness will make us different than others around us and will make us stand out in a culture that does not prioritize love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, renewal, and restoration. All things that are primary in the story of God. So from the very beginning, early free Methodists saw that New Testament Christianity was in part defined by this mandate to raise up a holy people. So, early free Methodists determined, that's the word that's used, I love it, they determined to be holy. (laughs) This is the tradition that we have as free Methodists. This is what our denomination, our denominational leaders are calling all of us to, to remember this call on our lives. Have you ever thought about your spiritual journey like that? A determination to look and act like God, to be holy? 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24 says, 
Now, many, uh, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. Hebrews 12. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see God. 1 Corinthians 7, 1 says, Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our, spirit, our body or spirit and let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. So we see in a lot of different places in Scripture this call to holiness. And if you're like me, there's always this tension because you read verses like that and you're like, Woof, that's tough. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can do that. That kind of intimidates me a little bit. But we have a God who is faithful and supplies what we need for this pursuit, right? And I'm so, so thankful. And he's full of grace when we don't do it well. <laughs> the free Methodist way begins with life-giving holiness because to our forebears, holiness was understood as a radical transformation of the heart and mind, which resulted in fully loving God and our neighbor. Fully loving God and our neighbor because of this radical transformation that we go through. It was considered the birthright of every child of God that I get to be different as a faith-filled member of God's family. And we know that God empowers us. He empowers this all-encompassing holiness in the life of every believer. We actually think this is possible, <laughs> right? God wants 21st century free Methodists to believe in and experience the Holy Spirit's presence that makes us more like Jesus from the inside out in all that we do. To be made holy brings freedom and life. That's the message. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Holiness is a grace-filled invitation to live life like we were always intended to. It doesn't have to be intimidating or unattainable. God invites us to this life and gives us the, what we need to do it. It's a grace-filled invitation to be as you were always created to be. And I love that. So, uh, let's talk about how this happens in the life of the believer, briefly. There's a lot to this, so we are just going to scratch the surface in, in our few minutes together. That's why I really encourage you uh, to dive in more throughout the week. So we say here at Crossview that we're all in process, right? Uh, we talk about this in terms of our discipleship pathway, that as we encounter, encounter the Bible, as we encounter God, the Holy Spirit, he convicts us, he unsettles us, and while that might be uncomfortable, it's good, right? <laughs> because it's in that kind of thing that where we begin to find this change and transformation. Uh, we learn, we grow, we change, we transform, and this is all a good thing. So developing life-giving holiness in our life starts in a couple of ways. It can happen through, I'm going to use a couple of old words, uh, but it can happen through what's called crisis and process. So crisis and process. If you dive into the material, you'll, you'll come across these words. So what do I mean when I use the word crisis? Uh, it's an older uh, theological term that essentially means a spiritual experience that can change everything in an instant. A good crisis, right? 
So we understand that holiness begins as part of the initial saving work of God in our lives, right? That moment we give our heart to Jesus, when our, when our journey toward holiness, it, it begins that moment that we say yes to Jesus. That's when we begin to be set apart. We believe that part of that journey can happen right away. When the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, you experience in that moment, the, the theological word is justification. You're justified, you're made right, you know. Uh, but you experience, the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, you experience what feels like new life. You experience freedom from guilt, freedom from shame and sin. It's like a huge weight has been lifted off of your life. You then experience a depth of peace and love likely that you haven't experienced before and you can't, you don't understand it. And it's in this moment that you begin to be set apart. You see the world differently. You see people differently. And usually one of the first things that comes out of this experience is an inability to describe what it feels like and a desire for everyone else to experience the same thing. Right? Have you ever been there? Did you, do you remember the moment you gave your heart to the Lord? And if you've been following Jesus for a long time, like for me, I grew up in a Christian family. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was young. And I don't necessarily remember that particular experience. I've had moments like this with the Holy Spirit, convicting me of my sin, and yet also giving me that peace of his presence. In her article, Bishop Linda writes about crisis. She says this, Saints, the Bible's term for all who are made holy in Christ, can attest to moments of conviction of sin, repentance, and surrender to God's refining work. Some can testify to dramatic and instantaneous deliverance from harmful addictions, sinful attitudes, or self-centered orientation. In a moment, they... They uh, sensed the power of God cleansing and filling them. And they were forever changed. For some, crisis experience like the, is like the, or like the starter's gun in a marathon of life in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Isn't that great? It's a good kind of crisis, <laughs> right? This is, this is, we understand, and in part, how the journey of holiness begins in our life. With the, with the only thing that the Holy Spirit is doing the work that only the Holy Spirit can do. This is crisis in a good way. In a moment you are changed. You begin to love God and love others with a brand new depth. The kind of way that you were actually designed for from the beginning. You're being made right. Put back together. Oh, it's good stuff. <laughs> the other type of developing holiness is through what's called process. And I'm not sure that I need a lot of explanation over that. We understand process. That's actually how we talk about our transformation and growth and holiness most often. It's, it's spiritual development, spiritual formation uh, that takes time uh, and growth and discipline along the way as we organize and pattern our lives and ways of thinking so that we can become more like God. So we understand that holiness develops in both of these ways, through crisis and through process. For many of us, the journey toward holiness is marked by this steady progress and growth in the grace of God. Throwing all these kind of fun, fancy words at you, you don't need to know the, the words so much. It's just important to get the concepts and to understand what we're talking about. So the fancy word for this progress of growth in grace is called sanctification. So if you read some of the material, you're going to come across this word. 
So it says, our sanctification is the saving work of God, beginning with new life in Christ, whereby the Holy Spirit renews his people after the likeness of God, changing them through crisis and process from one degree of glory to another and conforming them to the image of God. As believers surrender to God in faith and die to self through full consecration, I love these, I love these words, through full consecration, the Holy Spirit fills them with love and purifies them from sin. This sanctifying relationship with God remedies the divided mind, redirects the heart to God, and empowers believers to please and serve God in their daily lives. Thus, God sets his people free to love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love their neighbors as themselves. Pretty great, right? So this is, part of this idea of holiness is that we're committing to a life where, where that is happening. And this is where, for those of us that have been following Jesus for a long time, this is the, this is the heart, the meat of our discipleship, right? That, that we are actually participating in this kind of work. We're, we're prioritizing time with other people and in prayer and in the word and we're prioritizing time for worship and those kinds of things that help us become more and more like God. And I'm so thankful that free Methodists have officially stopped the fight uh, over the either-or battle between instantaneous or gradual transformation into the image of Christ. We know that it happens in both aspects and elements. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> to note that. We know it works both ways. So, okay, how are you doing with all of this, right? I think what's, what's inspiring for me in this is that there is no question that I want to be holy. There's no question as a follower of Jesus, I want to reflect the character and, and attributes of God. And that means I'm committing to this process of transformation that could be and probably is going to be uncomfortable at some level where I bring my whole self to God and trust his, I can trust him even in that uncomfortable moment. I can trust him in his conviction of, of my life going off the rails, right? And his grace fills and renews me. I want to be filled with the love of God, purified from my sin. I want to love God and I want to love other people more than I can do on my own. <laughs> I need God to help me do that. And that's what this is. How about you? How are you, how are you prioritizing the idea of holiness, a foundational aspect of who we are as free Methodists, but just in general as who we are as following God? How are you prioritizing this in your life? I want to be as I was created to be, loving God with everything I am and loving other people in the same way. I love what we just read. God remedies our divided mind, redirects our heart, and empowers us to please him in our everyday life. Again, uh, Bishop Linda writes, sanctified people are set free to love God with their entire being and to love neighbors as ourselves. How life-giving. So, uh, just to end our time together, uh, I want to ask uh, or, or talk about how do we know if we're experiencing holiness in our life? So we've talked about the need for it. We've talked about how it begins. How do we know that we are experiencing growth in this area? Where the, the New Testament gives us a couple different uh, evidences of the Spirit's presence in our life making a difference. The, the kind of, uh, there's, there's more than a couple, but the primary ones are fruitfulness and giftedness. 
So we know that the, the, we know from Galatians 5, we're going to read it here in a minute, that one of the things that happens in our life as we grow in grace and as we grow in holiness is that we are going to have this kind of fruitfulness in our life. But the Holy Spirit, Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no, there is no law against these things. So are you experiencing more of those in your life, in your thinking, in your daily walk? If you are, then you're, you're on the journey. Uh, and if you're not, okay. Maybe it's time to kind of begin a, a, a new pursuit of holiness and trying to see these things developed in your life. The other thing is that we know that it, as we come to the Holy Spirit, God gifts each person, each one of us, to serve in particular ways. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same uh, to another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. The one spirit gives the gift of healing. And that passage goes on. So we know that we, we are gifted to serve in a particular way as well. Spirit-filled believers growing in holiness receive from the Lord uh, these kind of gifts to be able to serve the church and other people around them. We receive, growing in holiness, we receive power for worship, witness, proclamation, prayer, service, and the list goes on. Both the fruit and the spirit are gifts of the spirit that are given to put God's glory on display as we grow to be more and more like him. How exciting is that? <laughs> that means you here sitting in this room, in the chair that you're sitting in right now, are are pro probably on some level express this kind of fruit in your life and are given a task by the Lord to serve in a particular way. We are not passive in this journey. We are active members of the family of God proclaiming the message of the gospel, right? How exciting. So the last thing that I'll say, and you probably just experienced this, I just, well, the last thing I'll say is that uh, as free Methodists, we're considered to be theologically optimistic. <laughs> and this is maybe one of the reasons I fit so well as a free Methodist, because I am just an optimistic person <laughs> in general. But we are optimistic, and why? Because we believe in the we believe that holiness is possible right? It's not unattainable that we can experience this. We believe in the possibilities of grace to radically change human hearts and, and lives on this side of the grave. It is possible. The Lord being our helper. It is not unattainable. So let's go for it with all our heart. Let's do it. Ready? Let's go. Uh, we actually believe life-giving holiness is possible and that God has designed that to work this way in our lives that we're on a transforming journey, that the Spirit interacts with us, and that we can grow to reflect the heart, character, and attributes of, our, of the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Amen? So uh, I'm gonna, each week, one of the cool things is that the denomination has made some videos of highlighting the heart behind some of these things. So we're gonna watch these each week. That's really fun. Just so you know, I feel, it feels a little weird, but I got to be part of these videos. So you're going to see me in a number of these videos. Uh, so I'm not just showing you these because I'm in these videos. <laughs> these are actually really well done videos from our denomination. And they have been, they have been uh, played in all of our annual meetings, the conference annual meetings, and hopefully in all of the churches across the country. So uh, we're going to watch this video. 
uh, then worship team will come up. I'm going to just pray for us at the end and, and we'll sing our last song together. All right, let's watch this. Here we go.